It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Hello and welcome to another episode of Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. My name is Mike Bernard. I am your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the show. With me in the KFG studio, certified financial planners, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. What type of life insurance is best for your situation? Now, if you immediately think term, then the question is, what type of term? And not all term insurance is created equally. So most people don't know that there is a difference. So we're going to try and break that down today and help ensure that you have the right type of life insurance in place. That's right. We're actually kicking this topic off with a question from Sonny. If you have a question for the show, a question about what's going on in your situation, we want to talk about what you're thinking about. Reach out to us. You can do so in a few different ways. Call or text us, 574 222 2000. That's 574-222-2000. You can find us online, wisemoneyradio.com. You can submit questions right there, as well as catch up on previous episodes. Speaking of previous episodes, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, just search Wise Money Radio on the YouTube channel. Every episode's right there. You can subscribe to it, like it, share it, all that fun stuff. All right. Like Kevin said, what are the different types of life insurance? It's, it's almost impossible to know. It is so confusing. And sadly, this is still an area of your financial life that there's a lot of salesmen out there or salespeople out there. So it's it's impossible to know and it's almost impossible to get objective advice about this. So, but that's why we created the Wise Money Show. And we're launching into giving that kind of perspective, that education, and that objective um, perspective here. So Sonia, uh, she sent in her question, and we're kicking it off today. Here's what she asked. I got a bill from my term life insurance this week and noticed that the price went up. I checked my policy, and it looks like my premium is supposed to increase every year. And it will go up a lot in the next couple of years. What should I do? Yeah, what a what a great question. Yeah. Um, you know, I know that it's kind of alarming, Sonia, to receive a bill in the mail that's bigger than you expect it to, especially if um, it, it's life insurance related. But reviewing your policy is something that you ought to do every so often, anyway. So I'm I'm actually glad that it got your attention because it may be early enough in the policy to make some adjustments, make some changes. Um, but I'm, I'm especially glad that you're asking this question in the context of financial planning. You came to us with this question, and, and I'm grateful for that, because we like to address these type of life insurance questions in the context of an overall financial plan. And you've all heard us say many times on this show that there's six key disciplines or six key areas of your financial life, and this issue hits on at least three of them. At least. Right? Yeah. The, the one that's getting Sonia's attention is uh, present financial position, which is dealing with cash flow. Yeah. You know, uh, th- there's an offense to the budget happening here. The, the bill has gone up and is scheduled to keep on going up. It might get more and more difficult for her to make these payments. So anytime you put a life insurance policy in place, 
you know, every, every dollar that you send downstream to that insurance company is a dollar that can't go towards your goals and other things, just your living expenses even. You got it. So that, that's one. The, the other is protection planning. That's where we typically think of insurance as falling in your financial plan. It's a question of, well, how much insurance do you need? Maybe now is the time for Sonia or others listening to be re- revisiting that question in their life. Mm-hmm. And if, if you're at that, you may as well also be thinking in terms of your estate plan because life insurance in particular is obviously a way for you to benefit the people that are left behind if something happens to you. And you want to make sure that it's the right people being um, uh, taken care of. You know, do you have your beneficiaries accurate? Um, are, are the right arrangements in place for them to be taken care of? So, so there's three of yeah. the six just right off the top of our head. And uh, this, is a, this is a big issue, bigger than just the bill got bigger. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So... Let's uh, let's dive in then to to addressing her specific question. It appears, Sonia, that you and, and I'm not picking on you, but it appears you might not understand the specific type of term life insurance that you have. There are different types of term policies, so let's start talking about which you know what those are, which ones. Yeah, the, the simplest one to talk about is when when you say term it's for a specific term for a specific premium and that is how that is figured is the volume of insurance that you're buying it go the, the more you buy the higher it goes and the longer the term mm-hmm. the higher uh, the the premium goes so if i buy a 10 year term the the per year premium is less than if i bought from the same company a 20 year term because the the risk that the company is taking and know that the way that a life insurance company does this is they look at uh if they're looking at me they look at a thousand kevins and they say of a thousand kevins in the next 10 years uh 0.3 of them will die their actuaries know this stuff they the life insurance companies do their homework they win they make money and so they're they're going to win and and you're only going to be able to get the insurance if there's a high likelihood that you're not going to die the reason why you get insurance is because people do actually die and so you say all right for a very low cost if i'm healthy i can transfer this risk very inexpensively to an insurance company i'm I'm making a bet that if something happens to me in the next 10 years or 20 years, whatever the term is, my family's going to get the proceeds. The The life insurance company gladly steps to the table on the other side, makes the bet, I'm going to live. Well, and that's one of the reasons why if this is fairly early in the policy and nothing has changed with Sonia's health, mm-hmm. then she may have some options to change the policy. But um, what you were describing, Kevin, and what I presume Sonia thought she had was a level term policy where the premium doesn't change for the period of time that she's covering. Think your mortgage. Well, that might not be a great example because those stinking property taxes and escrow. But th- but think your mortgage. You're, you're locking it up for either 15 or 20 or 30 years, and that payment's supposed to stay the same. And yeah, that's a level term policy. That's right. Right. So if, if you did buy a 20-year policy, then maybe you thought that the policy premiums, the price tag, in other words, wasn't going to change for that entire 20-year period, and here you are, you're surprised to see it growing. Mm-hmm. That probably means that you have something known as an annual renewable term policy, 
means the price tag will go up every year, even though the amount of insurance that you're buying stays the same. So you know what grinds my gears with this with this sort of stuff? You can't tell just by looking at the type of policy or the name of the policy, because the one I'm thinking of is the, is it term to 85? Yeah, I've run well, into that one so, a lot. So the term to 85 makes it seem, oh, this is great. I've got term insurance until I'm 85. That's fantastic. No, that's actually annually renewable term. That price is going to go up. So sure, you've got, you've got term insurance as long as you want it. But out there in the future, that premium is going to be thousands, tens of thousands, maybe a year, a year, a year, as opposed to getting a level term policy where you're paying a flat amount for a certain amount of time. And we'll talk about some of the features, but you'd want to make sure it has a conversion feature so you could extend it and so on. But Well, and that's right. And in Sonia's case, what we don't know is, is that policy that you already have in place the only insurance that you can buy? You know, there there could have been a change in her health that she's not even aware of yet. Sure. And it would come out if she went through the process of looking for a new policy because, you know, they take your blood, they yeah. uh, take all your vital signs and, and check to make sure you're as healthy as you think you are. Yeah. There's group term insurance as well, right? That's That's term insurance that you can buy through your employer. If you're healthy, it's usually better for you to prove that you're healthy and buy insurance outside of work, usually. But group term is another type of term insurance. Another one that that I I like, and Kevin, I, I think you have an affinity to, is return of premium term. So the issue with term insurance is you're renting your life insurance. So you're going to pay all this money, and if you're still alive after that term, you don't get any money back. You won. And sometimes you feel like a loser because you don't get anything back for all this money you've paid. But trust me, you've won because you're still on planet Earth. Um, But some people say, well, could I pay a little bit extra? And then if I'm still around, I get all that money back. That's that's a return of premium um, type of insurance. You got to do the math there and make sure make sure it all fits. Yeah, that's that's somewhere in between straight term insurance and a, a cash value building insurance. And again, the underlying question is what does the insurance cost yeah. per thousand? Answer that question with whatever you're looking at and you'll be able to make a good choice as a consumer. More types of term insurance coming up as well as, well, how do you know which one's right for you? We've got that and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Did you know there are different types of term life insurance? Term life insurance isn't term life insurance. There's tons of different varieties. You've got to find out which one's right for you. That's what we're talking about today. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group coming to you from the KFG studios. My name's Mike Bernard with me, Kevin Corhorn and Josh Gregory. Special thanks to the attorneys at Ledoux, Kern, and Keene, as well as First State Bank, for making the Wise Money Show possible. Just want to remind you, if you have any questions, you can reach out to us a few different ways. You can call or text us, 574-222-2000. Call or text 574-222-2000. Online, wisemoneyradio.com, and social media, YouTube, Facebook, all that sort of stuff. Just search at Wise Money uh, Radio. Okay, so we're kicking off this segment uh, or this part of the show. The question from Sonia. She said, I got a bill for my term life insurance this week and noticed that the price went up. I checked into my policy. and It looks like the premium is supposed to increase every single year. In fact, 
going up a lot in the next couple of years. What should I do? So he basically broke down and said, well, you've got term insurance, but you have a very specific type of term insurance, annually renewable term. So it goes up each year as opposed to level term and a few other varieties. And pretty soon we're going to help you discern which one's right for you. But there's a couple other types of term insurance that we just wanted to hit on. Well, and one of them is the exact opposite of what Sonia found uh, when she was looking at her policy. Remember, she said every year the same amount of life insurance that I've been buying is going to cost more and more. Mm. There's another type of policy called a decreasing term policy where the death benefit actually declines, but the the bill stays the same, Yeah. right? <laughs> so it's the same exact scenario where uh, it, it's basically your money's not going as far as it used to, right? Mm-hmm. You're not getting as much bang for the buck. And generally, the type of application we would see for this type of decreasing term policy is uh, when people get it in place to try to match their mortgage. Yeah, sometimes called mortgage insurance. Sometimes they just, we, we had to, refi- I think the last time we refinanced, they just kind of snuck that in and said, here, do you, do you want this, this protection? And kind of gave me a look like, hey, this is just part of getting your mortgage. And I said, <laughs> I said no, he didn't Did you know. say, do you know who you're talking <laughs> yeah, to? <laughs> no, no, I didn't. Uh, but, but yeah, so it, oftentimes people look at this and their emotions play at them because you, you, you're signing those documents and you look, oh my goodness, this $150,000 mortgage isn't going to cost me how much? Wow, what if I pass away, don't have the income to pay this off, my family is going to be destitute, I need to quickly get something in place to cover that. I would argue against that emotional reaction. Yeah, I I would encourage you to, as a consumer, you know, they say, who do you not want to learn how to buy a car from? You might not want to learn how to buy a car from the car salesman. And you might not want to learn how to buy an insurance policy from the insurance sales guy. Mm-hmm. So if as a consumer... What your task is, and this is where we would say work with a financial planner and make sure they're certified, but what your task is is to figure out what is the cost per thousand. So there are situations, when when I look at all these different types of term and we're going to get into permanent insurance and all these things, they're just tools. It's just a tool. It's not good or bad. There are bad tools or there are good tools that are used for a bad purpose. So you say, well, is decreasing is decreasing term or mortgage insurance a good deal? It's a good deal because the underwriting standards are um, typically more lax, and so it's easier to get. Well, let me tell you this. The insurance companies don't mess around. They make money. So if, if the insurance is easier to get, it's it's going to be more expensive. Absolutely. It just is. Yeah. Yeah. Or if it's easier to get and it doesn't feel expensive, it's because you're never going to use it. Well, my so going back to the, the, the tool analogy, which I think is the perfect one, you need to figure out what job you're trying to get done. Right. And then you need to look at all the tools in the toolbox and, and pick the right one. And, and so often, I think people buy the mortgage insurance just playing off of the motion of, well, how would I take care of this mortgage if something happened to me? But really, the, the, the job is probably bigger than just the mortgage. If something happened to you, it's probably not just the mortgage that you need to cover, but maybe some other debt, maybe helping the kids go to college, maybe some um, some lost income, some transition money, that sort of thing. And so I'd encourage you, you know, look at the entire job and pick the right tool for that. And if you're doing that, I don't know if 
the mortgage insurance are declining. And that's and that's why term. the decision needs to be made in the context of a financial plan. That's right. Because you're right. There's a lot of folks out there that would choose the amount of life insurance to have just by taking a quick inventory of what debt do we have that needs to be paid off so that at least my family's debt-free if I passed away. Mm. But there's more to the need, as you said, than just wiping out a mortgage or a student loan or a car loan or something. Yeah, yeah. All right. I, I am I am um, dying to get in here, no pun intended there, uh, to talk about what type of term policy you actually need. But but let's let's jump over to the other side of the life insurance fence. There is. I'm getting that some glares. I'm sorry. Okay. It's horrible. All right. Wow. Yeah. Hey, and I, I did want to say one thing though to Sonia. So it is. It can be confusing depending on the degree of complexity in your life. It's possible that you have a couple different insurance products from the same company. Yeah. And, and sometimes the premiums can be fairly similar. So I had a, a ten-year term with Genworth, I think, and I have long-term care with Genworth. Well, in year 11, the Genworth, what happens when you have a 10-year term is typically in year 11 and beyond, the price doubles or triples or quadruples. Skyrockets. Skyrockets. Mm -hmm. Right. So the interesting thing is, is in year 11, the term insurance premium jumped up and it came in the mail and it looked a lot like our long-term care premiums yeah. dollar wise it was it was within it was within hand grenade range and so you look at that and you're like well wait a minute um so we just i thought we paid this one in december but we've got it now and if you if we had been completely asleep at the switch we would have written the check and said well that's our long-term care premium it's, so it's easy. It is easy to miss this stuff, especially if you have any kind of degree of complexity. So again, this is where you want to be working with your advisor and say, "Hey, can you help me structure my financial life in a way that I'm I'm not going to get tripped up by these things?" And it, my other advice, as long as we're talking about it, is you know, with term insurance, if you pay monthly, it's more expensive than if you pay quarterly. Um, quarterly is a little less. Semi-annual is less. Annual is the, the smallest premium I can pay. Mm-hmm. So if they said, hey, your premium annually for this policy is $1,000. If I paid it semi-annually, it might be 1050 And if I paid it monthly, it might be 1100 if you added up all the premiums. Yep. So I'd say look at that because if you've, if you've got a healthy cash reserve sitting there, you probably don't want to pay your term insurance on a monthly basis. If you're wondering how in the world could I do that, uh, tune in to the Wise Money Show next week. We're actually going to be we're actually going to be talking about that. A bunch of gaffes going on in my life, and uh, you, we all get to learn from them. So let's let's jump over before we talk about what type of term insurance is right for you. Let's talk about what other types of life insurance exist out there. Term is temporary insurance. You're setting it up for a defined amount of time. But there's permanent insurance, too, that's designed, okay, it's supposed to be there for your entire life. Let's talk about the variety of permanent policies. Well, the the original is something known as whole life, and it's appropriately named because you pay the premiums for your whole life. As long as you keep paying those premiums, you're building up some cash value. Uh, Almost think of it like a savings account or an investment account inside this policy that will help to sustain that policy when you're old and the policy gets really expensive. 
Um, they, they keep the premiums level for you and you just keep paying. And no matter when you pass away, you know that there's going to be a payout. So early on, the, the, so you might have missed this, but, but you're paying the same amount. But early on, you're paying more than what you need to. So that money's building up inside of this investment within the policy. But you keep paying the same amount. And as you get older, the actual cost is more for the insurance. So the insurance company starts pulling extra money out of that little investment that you have in there. So these policies are designed to build up an investment and then pull out of that investment as you age. That's right. The the downside to this type of a policy is that it's dependent upon interest rates, which is has been a trend, and, yeah. and I'm sure we'll dive into this in our next segment, but there are some innovative new um, permanent insurance options out there that maybe you've heard of. Okay. You are curious, all right, which one's right for me, right? And so we're going to be sharing the last couple permanent policies out there, those different types, as well as a couple of features, and then really talk about how in the world you decide which one's right for you. So that and more coming up here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Do you need life insurance on your kids? That is an emotional question. And we've got that one coming up uh, from listener Craig in just a minute. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name's Mike, coming to you from the KFG studios across from me, Kevin, between us, Josh. Special thanks to Bethel College Adult and Graduate Studies, as well as Diane Bennett with Remax 100. Diane was recently just a guest on the show talking about the state of the housing market. If you missed that, you can listen to that episode on the YouTube channel. Just search Wise Money Radio. It's also on the website, wisemoneyradio.com. If you have any questions, you can send us an email right there on that website. You can also call or text 574-222-2000. We are talking about the various types of life insurance out there. And I know that sounds boring, but we've tried to make it interesting. And pretty soon we're going to talk about, well, how in the world do you decide which type is right for you? We've talked about temporary insurance, that's term and they come in all sorts of flavors. Think Baskin Robbins. And now we're talking about permanent insurance, that whole life. And there's a couple more to mention here, Josh. Well, I bet a lot of our listeners have a whole life policy in place. And interestingly, you, you brought up Craig's question that we're going to get to in a moment about buying life insurance on your kids. I have you know, a lot of clients that have an old policy that their parents took out for them yeah. when they were young. And they just kind of transferred that policy uh, to our client, and they've picked up the premiums and have been paying it ever since. And that's most often a whole life policy where, uh, again, if you just keep making the premiums, the premiums never change. Um, as long as you keep making those premiums, the policy stays in force. Mm-hmm. There are some kind of next generation options out there as well that have come out since then uh, known as universal life policies. These bring in some extra flexibilities uh, the ability to adjust or temporary, temporarily stop your premiums. Um, you can make adjustments to the death benefit over time. So it, it gives you flexibility. It's still building up a cash value that will help sustain that policy in the later years. And that cash value is growing based on whatever interest rates are. Mm-hmm. Interest rates have gotten pretty low here, uh, historically low. 
Yeah. And so some of these policies are in jeopardy of crashing if you're not paying attention. A lot of people think of them like a whole life. If I just keep paying the premiums, I'm fine, right? Well, yeah. not necessarily. Yeah, that flexibility could uh, could end up biting you. Where the original policy, you set your premium, and not you, but your agent set your premium, assuming interest rates were going to do one thing, and they've crashed. And so you might not even realize it, but the amount you're paying might not be su- sufficient, and that, f- that your premium will need to flex because you'll need to pay more into it in order to keep that policy around. So if you're listening right now, one thing that you probably should do if you've got a permanent insurance policy is look at your latest statement because the statements will tell you the best way to do it is to ask for what's called an enforced ledger or a reprojection. Um, those are kind of interchangeable depending on what type of insurance you have. But basically, when you bought the policy, your agent likely showed you a projection and they said, look, this is how much you're uh, paying and this is how much insurance you get. And if you make these payments all these years, this is what it's going to be rosy. But there are there are three columns. Yeah, it kind of looks like The Matrix, you know, that really good 90s movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we like looking at that sort of stuff. You probably didn't. Right, but you. But the, the reality is the, the columns are really you can't understand. So people say, well, just look to the far right. That's the column that you want to look at. Um, but you should look at all three columns, yeah. and you should have an understanding. And if you don't want to understand life insurance at that level, it's possible that permanent insurance might not be for you. Permanent insurance is not for the faint of heart. It's definitely not for everyone. And there are some issues that I think we're going to get into a little later, some some drawbacks, if you will, of using the tool of permanent insurance. Well, let, let's let's get there now. I mean, speaking of the 90s, the, the $64,000 question here is which one is right for you? So there are pros and cons. Let's talk about those, but help you discern. Do you have a temporary need or a permanent need? And then if it's if it's temporary, what what flavor do you pick? So so if it's temporary, there are many different flavors to pick. The one that some folks say my decision is going to be based on I want the lowest cost for the maximum amount of insurance. Mm-hmm. And if that's what you're looking for, you're looking then you and you have a temporary need, so you're looking for term insurance. The question is can you get the term insurance in place for the right uh, uh, length of time? Yeah. Because the the longer the term, the more expensive. Most people, right, what you're talking about, it's a level term need. And there's a there's another radio finance guy out there who says you need 20-year term insurance. Well, that's true if you need 20-year term insurance. It's not <laughs> true if you only need 10, and it's certainly not true if you need 30. So you need to find out. Yeah, so most people, the job that needs to be done can be done with a level term. Not everyone, but most people with a level term, you then need to figure out what length do you need, what amount do you need, and so on. Well, so let's talk about what that job is, because there are some who are listening and and hearing this phrase, temporary need, thinking, I'm not going to escape death here, right? I'm going to die someday, so why would I not want a life insurance policy that stays in force forever? But the the issue here is, uh, is the need going away as time goes on? You know, every day that goes by, hopefully, you're paying down on the debts that you owe to other people. You're building up resources, and you're, you're creating more financial stability for your family. Someday, there may come a day when you have enough financial stability that if you were to pass away, your family would be just fine. They'd be emotionally devastated. Trust me. But financially, 
there hopefully will be coming a day where they financially wouldn't be devastated. So think the mortgage is paid off, the kids are out of the house, you've got the nest egg built up for your retirement so that that need for your income to continue is is less. And and yeah, at that point, you might not need insurance. There are some families listening today, though, who maybe do have a more permanent need. And, and this might be a scenario where you have a child at home who is a dependent and may always be a dependent. Yep. Maybe they have special needs or that you don't see them living out on their own. And if you were to pass away and your income disappeared, not only maybe would a spouse be left behind without that income, but maybe even a child as well. And those are scenarios where maybe having a policy that will stretch even into retirement for you could be valuable for that child's well-being. Yeah, and you can have a, a policy. I mean, you're talking about permanent insurance that stretches into retirement. Even and and this is where some folks are surprised because they feel, hey, I'm kind of self-insured here. I don't need life insurance. I've seen lots of people that are heading into retirement that still have a survivor income need. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if because if if one one of the spouses dies, one of the social security goes away. The a pension may be affected. There's all kinds of different things. Now, if you have a survivor income need, life insurance isn't the only tool to solve that need. But if you're healthy, it sure is a good one. Yeah. And so I would say, well, if you have a need, make sure you're addressing the need. And if you're older, that may or may not be life insurance, but make sure you made a provision to deal with that need. Um, otherwise, go ahead, Josh. No, I was just going to bring up another another example of where maybe you have a permanent policy in place that made some sense back in the 90s or early 2000s. There was a new policy uh, type that came out called a variable universal life. It's, um, it's one that builds up cash value, but it was tied to the stock market. And uh, a lot of people, when, when the stock market was going like gangbusters, thought, hey, this is a great savings tool. It can be used mm-hmm. in retirement. It can be used for funding college. Well, a lot of those strategies have broken down as tax rates have come down, as interest rates, as the stock market has been volatile. Mm. Um, So so some of those old strategies need to be revisited as well. If you thought you had a need for one of these permanent policies in the past, maybe you don't anymore as well. So how do you know which variety is right for you? The secret, the, the answer is you need to go through the financial planning process. And you might not want to hear that. You might just say, no, I want to check this box. I want to get this insurance in place. So, so let me hit the easy button and I'll, and I'll get it done. The easy button's not going to get you what you need. It, then it's just luck whether you get what you need or not. And I would even encourage you, I wouldn't go to the insurance salesperson to figure out what you need. You need to look at your entire comprehensive financial life to say, what are my risks Will I be self-insured someday? How much do I need right now? And find a policy and a flavor of that policy that lines up and fits exactly that. So financial planning, that financial planning process could lead you to, I don't need insurance or I need a certain type with certain bells and whistles. Do you need life insurance on your kids? That's Craig's question. We got that next here on Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group.
This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Wise Money is brought to you by the attorneys at Ledoux, Curran, and Keene, First State Bank, Diane Bennett, and the Inspired Team at REMAX 100, and Bethel College's Adult and Graduate Studies Program. Thanks for tuning in. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. My name is Mike Bernard alongside Josh Gregory and Kevin Corhorn in the KFG studios. Thank you so much for being with us. If you've missed anything, visit us, wisemoneyradio.com. We have every episode right there on audio. You can listen to it there. You can even submit a question. If you're in front of your computer or your phone and want to watch the episodes, you can do so on YouTube at the YouTube channel. Just search Wise Money Radio. You can subscribe to it, like it, share it, all that sort of stuff. Also on podcast, you can't escape the Wise Money Show. You can find it on iTunes and Google Play. You'll have to type in Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group, K-O-R-H-O-R-N. Lastly, if you have any questions for us, we've been tackling a question from Sonia the entire uh, show. We're jumping into a couple more in just a moment. 574-222-2000. That's how you can reach us. Call or text 574-222-2000. We've been talking about the various types of life insurance and then how you decide what you need. Now, a great, a great question that is very personal to me comes from a fan of the show, Craig from Dwajak. He said, my child, my son is graduating from high school and I'm wondering, do I need a life insurance policy on him? Great question. That is a great question, Craig. There's lots of adulting going on right now. This is a, a season, May, June, really the whole summer after your son or daughter has graduated from high school, after they've graduated from college, and the question is, okay, do I get them a family credit card? Do I tear up their family credit card? Do I keep them on my cell phone bill? Do I take them off my cell phone bill? Do I keep them on my car insurance? Do I take them off my car insurance? Do I keep them under my roof? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do I keep uh, allowing them to strap on the feed bag? And, you know, <laughs> there are all these things. That you that that parents are asking the questions right now. Should I do what? How do I do this? Because we're we're talking to all these very conscientious, uh, very loving parents, and they're saying, "Hey, I want to get this right. I want to I want to launch my child. I want my child to be doing taking some sort of initiative uh, beyond you know." Uh, the initiative of calling his friends to get on Fortnite all together uh, from uh, 11 o'clock to 3 in the morning. And so you say, okay, what should I be encouraging my child to do? I want to encourage. I don't want to enable and things like this. So, Craig, great question. The, the What you have, these decisions are best uh, made with the benefit of hindsight. And no one can make these – no one gets hindsight um, as – as one of the helps in making the decisions. So you say, okay, we're only looking forward. What do we do? And whether your your child is graduating from high school and going to college or going into the work world or graduating from college and going into the work world, the, I personally look at term insurance. And if your child is exceptionally healthy, I, I wouldn't hesitate to say, hey, get a 30-year term, maybe a half million dollars. It's a couple hundred bucks a year. You pay for it. It's it's uh, one of their. It's a graduation present for them. So it's going to be in, incredibly inexpensive. What that does, the purpose of that, because there's likely not a real need yet. But what that does is it locks in their insurability, 
And if they are either going to college or they've finished college and they have any level of student loan debt, Mm. um, you say, well, do I need that to pay off the student loan debt if they die? You might not. You might not, but you might. Yeah, you might. Depending on who's Mm. signed for the loans and what type of loan they are and everything else. So So I personally... I'm into the wearing a belt and suspenders. I, I've seen the the benefits of life insurance proceeds and how that that's prevented a family from being financially wrecked, even though they're emotionally wrecked. It, it 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 they they didn't they didn't have to completely start over financially. So I I personally like the idea of saying, hey, this could be a gift, depending on the how you want to treat your children. This could be something that you do for your children. It might not be something you do, but it it certainly could be a conversation that you facilitate. If you're not comfortable, bring them in, sit down with your financial advisor. So if you take that same logic and said, all right, I'm buying this policy, you you said 30-year term to lock in their insurability. Do you ever see a time where maybe it makes sense to do that even earlier than graduation? I just bought a policy for Easton. I mean, he he joined us in February. And so I think when he was two months old, I filled out the application. When I, before I had kids, I would address this issue in talking to folks to say, all right, well, if your child dies, is there a financial consequence? Well, we'd, you know, it, we'd have to pay some things, but not really. Okay, do you want to lock in the the insurability or, and so on? And most people would say no. I became a dad, and it it didn't. I didn't even bat an eye. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I want to lock in their insurability, mm-hmm. so I bought a jumping juvenile um, whole life policy, which means I'm paying a flat amount for the rest of their life, and they eventually will take it over. But it's a certain pre or it's a certain death benefit when they're young, and that death benefit grows over time. But the other th- reason why it was an easy decision for me is there would be a financial cost consequence if something happened. I, I would need to take time off of work. Yeah, I, I would. Wreck, I, right? It would be so. So my income would be disrupted. The family's income would be disrupted, and so that's so, why we got that policy. Okay. So the yin to that yang is it. Work with your financial planner. Yeah. Because if your other financial goals aren't funded, I would, in the in, in the absolute, the objective sense here, children are liabilities, not assets. Uh, well, it, I, th- I thought we were going to go to another place, too. If you don't have the right amount of life insurance in place for you as a breadwinner, right. and you're, you're using some of your insurance dollars, so to speak, on buying coverage for your kids who will not create a as much of a financial hardship if they pass away they as you they, might. They will create a financial ease because it, at the moment right. there there will be current expenses that are greater than the than their they currently have but over time I'm not going to be funding their college I'm not going to be funding that when they turn teenagers and eat six eggs every morning and go through a gallon of milk every other day. So so that so really I am saving money in the again just in the objective dollars and cents uh mode there. Yeah. So so make sure you've got your own life insurance 
in place. It's the appropriate level amount. You've got your own disability in place. And when, you, in, like Josh says, if you still have excess for your insurance spend, consider that it's a great idea. I have the I have insurance on my kids. We're going to shift gears here. I got another question I want to hit from Rick from Granger. I used to work for Memorial Hospital a long time ago, and in May I received a letter stating that I had a pension. Didn't know that and what my options were. I can get a lump sum of $49,000 or I can take $373 a month. Which option is best? Just like what we were just ranting about, figuring out whether you need life insurance on your kids, you need to look at your overall financial picture, your overall financial plan, and and make sure that dollars that would go towards life insurance for them doesn't need to go somewhere else for your financial life. So the best option, Rick, you got to look at your overall financial plan to say, well, do you need that income stream or would it be would you be better off with that lump sum? Well, and here's a scenario where the lump sum maybe could create better goodness in your financial life, especially in retirement. If you took that lump sum and you lived off of it for a couple years, and that allowed you to postpone Social Security for a couple more years, that 8% increase that you get every year from from delaying Social Security might more than offset the $373 a month that the pension was promising you. Yeah. Right? So it's it's an example of some people might, it, it may make sense to just take the lump sum. And this is why I want to work with a financial planner because I just met with a client who's turning 70 has retired but kept working, had a great income, doing lots of travel, having lots of fun, and um, came in this week and said, you know what, I had uh, an issue with my health, and I'm not working anymore. Mm. And I said, oh, great, well, that lets you travel, right? And he said, no, we're not traveling anymore. Mm. So you don't know what you don't know, yeah. But you have to anticipate at some point in time your level of spending will go down. So you might want to have that money up front to use instead of having a payment that you can't outlive. And the lump sum is over 10 years of what those monthly payments would be. So you got to factor that into. That's the Geek Talk. That is all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for listening. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Kevin Corwin, and myself, and all of us at Corhorn Financial Group, Have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.